So we have a few people new. Uh, Shane and Ireland. Anybody else? Valerie. Janine. 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 Her second time. Yeah. Very nice. Janine. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Are we ready, Mike? Yeah, all recording. All right. Welcome, everyone. Uh, to uh, another Zoom based on nothing. It seems to have a long life. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so for the people who are new, just to, I'm not uh, obviously an authority on much, but I'm not, we're just sharing from what's happened with us, yes? So the idea of non-duality uh, in a way can't be approached, yes? Guess you're already, you're, the, the, the premise of it is you are already there and you are what you're looking for. So obviously any approach would be a denial of that. Therefore, that's why approaches to it don't work, yes? Because again, why things don't work are based on the premise it's up to you to see here if it works or not. But the premise that we ourselves being reality, it really truly makes no sense to attempt to attain reality. Yeah, it's just clear. Now, it makes a lot of sense to attain reality when we think we're someone that doesn't know much about reality and believes if I knew reality, everything would be different than it's looking like now. Yeah, and that's, that's a logic, and that logic is supported by a narrative in the head, and you may launch off on the pursuit of attaining reality, which would hold water. You'd meet a lot of other uh, people wanting to attain reality, and maybe you would get certain things you were looking for, but you didn't really name a sense of purpose, uh, connectiveness, stuff like that for the action figure and the action figure would do better. It's fantastic, yeah. But the fundamental fact is that we are not where we think we are or what we think we are, or actually who we think we are. The premise is we are that which is looking, yeah? Not the looker, but that which is looking, which obviously if it's not the looker, then it's not this object that we take ourselves to be. And then we set off on going to meetings and hopefully those meetings lead you to a certain meeting, maybe this one, where you'll hear a description of what we're not, which to me is uh, works, yeah? Because you can describe what you're not. You can describe things that you're not. You can't describe what you are if you're not a thing, yeah? If you were a thing, I could describe, I'm this incredibly handsome man who looks a lot younger than he is and stuff like that. And then many people wouldn't believe my description, but there would be a description of this thing. But the premise is that we are not a thing, so it can't be described, yes? All right, so, but there's things that can be described. So why not talk about them and uh, uncover them and display them in all their manufactured splendor so that 
you finally see them and the assumption isn't, oh, that's just of me or that's whatever. You would see them and there would be a recognition, I'm not that. And in that recognition, at that moment, as far as you can be what you already are, you'll be being what you are by seeing what you're not, yeah? You'll catch, you'll be caught, not in a moment of time, but you'll be seeing a moment of time, yeah? And you'll see time as something foreign and not true also, yeah? And then, Then that habitual looking, a certain way of looking, let's call it self-centered or whatever, will be broken and another possibility will be available that didn't seem to be available before because we've been looking for it to be available to us. And we've now hit the point where we've got that. I'm never going to get it. I can't understand it. And in that failing of the system, there's an opening and maybe you'll see the system instead of looking from the system, yeah? And in that, basically, like, uh, I don't know what Ramana was implying, but has his statement of your head is in the tiger's mouth, it's already a done deal, so to speak, yeah? You're not, you don't have to be worried or be concerned that you're gonna be eaten, you're being eaten by the tiger. It's way past the point of, you know, getting yourself ready, you're in the fucking mix. (laughs) You're down the throat of the tiger. So it's a done deal. (laughs) Preparation's not necessary. (laughs) Notes aren't going to be useful. (laughs) Yeah. So because you're it. Yeah. Now, if you don't believe that, then you're basically the assumption that the whole talk is based on if you're not believing that, then there's no, when there's no place to meet, so to speak. I remember I shared it before, an old friend of mine that I used to travel with occasionally, she was coming into San Francisco. I hadn't seen her in a while. And in that period of not seeing her, she became a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I don't know which one, one of those. And she had studied psych, you know, the mind and everything like that. And so I picked her up, San Francisco. And she wanted to have a talk, yeah. And so she started talking based on her premise that we're a real thing and we have these problems. And my premise is that we're not a real thing. So very quickly I said, listen, uh, let's go have a coffee and talk about fashion or something because this isn't gonna go anywhere because your logical assumptions based on an assumption I don't agree with, yeah? And you don't agree with the assumption I'm living under which is we're not that. So let's just have some fun, you know, whatever, go eat. Yeah. Let's not go into this because it's not gonna, those two things aren't gonna meet in a way because the premise, uh, that's where the invitation lies. So the invitation of a meeting of non-duality is the premise or the possibility that you and I are what we're looking for. Yeah. Not as that which is said to be looking, but we are what we're looking for. That being ourselves reality, we're gonna question all the absurd shit that goes on based on a denial of that fact, yeah? Which is one of the greatest mysteries Ramana says, uh, which is reality wanting to attain reality. That's one of the greatest examples. Well, 
when we're not being ourselves reality, obviously we hear about reality and it sure sounds better than what we think is happening now. So we, we figure if I knew reality, I'd have some advantages I don't have now. Yeah. But being ourselves reality, that's a mute point. So acquiring knowledge as what you're not about what you are is just is used to reinforce what you're not. You see it? Trying to acquire knowledge of what you are as what you're not is reinforcing what you're not. Yeah. Ramana says it, you know, there's the non-existent thing that's presupposed to be existing, let's say, and then wanting to get salvation for that non-existent thing. Uh, if this is the case that's going on, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? There's the question. Yeah. Does that shoe fit? If it fits, you've just recognized a big chunk of what you're not. The resistance to seeing it fit is a defense mechanism of what you're not trying to block off that information, basically. Yeah. What you're not doesn't want to get any information through to what you are, especially about what you're not. It, it doesn't. That's a real threat to its seeming survival. Yeah. So it has to keep that. It has to keep the fact that you're a light, you're a light in the dark so to speak. Yes. So it has to keep, it's a gargantuan effort, but it seems to pull it off because it uses the act of being identified and the act of being that, in other words, you're not up against the possibility of becoming a self. Yeah. You start from the fact that you are one already. See, this is, the, this is how the defeat is already predestined. So basically, you start as that which you'd like to get out of. That's in the terms we use in recovery. We want to get out of self, but with that attempt has been claimed or identified as a self. So self tries to get out of self that reinforces self. Yes, there you go. If you don't see that, come back and you will. One of these satsangs, you're going to see, instead of looking at the horse from the cart, you're going to see the cart from the horse. Yeah, it's just going to happen. It has to. Yeah, because it's a fact. Yeah. The stubbornness of the misplacing and the misunderstanding can't withstand uh, the answer that's not of time. Yeah, it can't. It can try to huff and puff and constantly, constantly keep forgetting but sooner or later it exhausts itself and there it is it's just super clear yes and then when it reappears that clarity hangs over it now instead of being under it and covered it hangs over it and you see it yeah you see what you used to look from you see the activity yeah yeah it happens very clearly very simply there's living There's a consciousness of that living and there's a mental reaction to that consciousness of the living and the mental reaction is claiming to, the, to be the one who's conscious of the living, yeah? So instead of seeing as the dominant event, it's replaced with a narrative of the seer seeing, 
yeah, which is dualism and duality. And that's what non-duality is a negation of. That's all. It's a negation of an activity that's presupposing a non-existent thing to be existent. It's a negation of that, yeah? It's not a, a fight to the end. It's not a supreme vanquishing. There's no need to get salvation from a non-existent thing. It doesn't exist, yeah? So therefore, that which you thought could only come about if I vanquished the non-existent thing is always available right now because there's no thing to vanquish, yeah? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's, a, you know, the fight's been called off. I know you spent a lot of money for the new shorts and the fucking, you know, the ringmate and shit like that, but it's been called off, you know? Have a spiritual garage sale and sell that shit. Now, I was hit with this, yeah, somewhere. To me, it was like in the gut. And then I had a feeling I knew it before all knowing was initiated. And uh, in time, the action figure seemed to have become convinced of something, yeah? Not through its own effort or thought, but from something else coming in and putting a stop to a lot of its shenanigans, yeah, basically, and just established an idea that was a threat to the seemingly established idea. Yeah. And so thank God there was no big tug of war and it was just obvious which one was not so and which one was so. So the battle of light and dark got called off and there is just an acceptance of the seeming dark, seeing everything only as light, yeah? So there you go, yeah. So you can accept what was totally unacceptable before. Doesn't mean you don't do anything. You just, it means that there's an acceptance and then things start, not a denial and then things start, yeah? It's just a whole different way because let's say if you had a, a dance routine of 8,000, 100,000 steps, the first step would probably be significant, yeah? It would set the direction and shit like that, yeah? So this is a correction of what, what was never needed to be corrected. Isn't that beautiful? It's a correction of what never, there was never a need to have any correction and that's the, that's the correction, really. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so we don't try to describe the indescribable here. I think that's much better to find that out in your own little events, yeah? You know, not trying to know the unknowable, not trying to experience the unexperienceable, just sort of let's turn that on what we're not. Let's study, you know, let's look at a simple uh, process. Something's happening, yeah. Then there's a reaction to that something happening, which obviously, in a way, is the birth of time, yeah. So there's a, and there is, time is just the streaming in the dreaming, I feel. So now there's a reaction to that. In that reaction, there's a mental claiming of that verb to imply a noun. And now the noun that comes after 
this activity is now presupposed to be before the activity. So now you look at everything ass backwards, really. You're looking at it from noun to verb when it's really verb. Yeah. And maybe all these reasons we think we're screwed up are really not like the Course of Miracles says, you're never upset for the reason you think. Well, I I'm a believer of that. I believe there, uh, this, it's like living in a bizarro world in a way. We're trying to get into what we can't be out of, which is a moment. And we're trying to get out of what we can't be in, which is this objectified self. I mean, how could you think things could go super well based on that? <laughs> just seems like, uh, you know, everything else is just piling on that. Yeah. So. So if you have some people here know me from a while ago and uh, if you ask them, they probably say, and you ask them, well, how has the satsangs progressed? They really haven't. They've just been the same message, the same invitation for years. Hopefully we got a little more funny about it, but there was uh, because maybe I was a little serious in the beginning, but now it's just, uh, it's the same, same. Yeah, if you don't see this activity, you may be looking from it, yeah? yeah? You may be living on a time delay. You may be living an interpretation, yeah? You may be, hmm. Well, you'll find out. So, yeah, there you go, Mike. Oh, okay. Um, and actually, Mary G is just coming in right now. <laughs> You want to say anything to her anymore? Do I want to say something to Mary? No, I mean, never mind. I was saying hi to Mary. Um, Mary's modest one. She came right at the end. <laughs> hey, Mary. Um, anybody want to raise their hand? Nobody's getting it because you're here from the beginning. If you would come when it was over, you would probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> Now some people will try to come in later next week. <laughs> you ever see, you ever doing a talk, then uh, you mention a book and the only th thing people want to know, what's the book? What's the name of the book? <laughs> if, <laughs> if seekers were fishes, you'd never come home empty. If you was if you were fishing, <laughs> they'll buy they'll go for anything. <laughs> what was that book you mentioned? <laughs> uh, all right, Mike. So there's no hands right now. Oh, good, good. I was thinking about the dance metaphor. If it, there's never a wrong step in the dance, but the idea that you're walking somewhere, like getting that straight that you're never walking somewhere, that you're, you are always dancing, <clears throat> then that always allows for recouping, right? <laughs> like you just enjoy, enjoy it. <laughs> yes, yes, that's good, yeah.
But let's say goodbye. I have a question. I have, I'd like to share something, Paul. All right. It's Kenneth here. Oh, Kenneth, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, after listening to you for a couple of months, I've noticed that uh, a lot of my understanding on, on Buddhism, which I've been following before, is, is so much clearer now. It seems to have come alive. Mm. Yes. And, and basically because, you know how Buddhism always say, do not uh, forget about self-cherishing or the, uh, the Heart Sutra said about form is emptiness and emptiness is form of, uh, and feeling, discrimination, compositional factors and consciousness are empty. So when you come up with, when, when I heard you mention so many times about uh, presupposing of a non-existing thing, that brought the meaning to light. You know, it, because here we are talking about all the pre, all, what we assume ourselves to be. Like my, my feeling, my discrimination, is always based on something that is rooted more. I don't know if the word consciousness is here is correct because it yeah. seems that everything is rooted in consciousness, but consciousness is rooted in something else. Yeah. So, well, yeah, go because, ahead. And the other thing that you mentioned was so clear was that it's mostly verbing and not noun. So I would use consciousness as being a verb instead of being a noun. Yes. And then also the other thing is emptiness is, should have been a noun. It's empty, not emptiness itself as being a noun. Yes. I found that that makes so much clearer to me that what, what uh, the teaching, uh, what, what you're trying to uh, bring into light, the truth of the ultimate truth of who we really are. Uh, so really, thank you so much. And I don't know about the traveling lighter, like you mentioned that it, it will take time and it will, it will happen by itself. You know, but what I'm describing to you is mostly on, on an intellectual level, which is also my mind working, but I don't know where it will lead me to. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I, that's why I, I don't know how people can, like I feel that it's necessary to listen to it again and again and there is something in the Zoom that provides the extra light instead of just coming a couple of times, you know? Yes, yes. So really, thank you so much, Paul. And thanks, Mike, for repeat re re every time you're, you know, giving us the opportunity to listen to the video, uh, to listen to the video again and again. Thank you, Mike. Yes, thank you, Mike. And Kenneth, that yes. has idea comes from Ramana, yeah, Ramana Maharshi, mm -hmm. and he uses it in a lot of the, I didn't read every English written teaching, uh, I mean book about his teaching, I read a few, not even read most of them, went through some of them, but they all have it as yeah. one of the most essential parts of what he would, what they would call his teaching, Ramana, this idea of, uh, this, this presupposing of this non-existent thing or this 
and that non-existent thing seeking salvation for the non-existent thing. That's how the greatest mystery can seem to happen here, which is reality wanting to attain reality, because the non-existent thing is in a way is being, is taking the place of reality in this little dreaming. Yeah. We think we're, yes. Yeah. Or everything else is now given a conceptual idea from here. So now, uh, yeah. So I always like to, if I can, uh, credit the source where it comes from. So the presupposing idea, what got me triggered by the presupposing is watching the head. I like the term selfing, yeah? Watching the mental state go through their gymnastics it, the presupposing was so important because pre is an idea of time, right? Before, after, yes. So yeah. prologue, you know, preamble. Pre is before. Pro- so there's a supposing right now, but it's got a sense of beforeness, which is the idea of of being a self is really supported. I was and I will be a self. <laughs> that's what. That's what happens. You don't arrive at being a self. We have already arrived. We're being. That's it. That other mental arriving comes from I was Paul and I'm going to be Paul. Therefore, I am Paul now. You see? So it does a trick in time. That's what caught me with the translation of that statement by Ramana and the word pre was used with the supposing or pre-assuming. Yeah. That got me, that was a very important, uh, it opened up something for me. Just like you're hearing things, they open up. Yeah, that opened up. Because I feel here, the dreaming that's uh, where, you know, this is it. It's not like we're in, we're inning, you know, we're dreaming. It's all verbing, has a huge quality of time as one of its main ingredients, yeah? Uh, time does a lot, you know, the, the dreaming of time and then seeing through time makes things appear a certain way. Yes, this is yeah. the uh, magic trick. So with this dreaming of time and then seeing through time and that seeing through times makes nothing appear a certain way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it's such a beautiful answer, non-duality. It's not saying what we are. It's just saying what we're not, basically. Yeah. It would have just been oneness if it was an affirmation. Let's use the term oneness. It, the path would be oneness. But it's a very interesting thing because it's a negation. It's a negation. Yeah. It's not like non-Buddhism or non-Kabbalism. Yeah. Usually it's. Buddhism's affirmed, Kabbalah is affirmed, but this movement is a negation, non-duality. Yeah, it's beautiful in a way, because most stuff we meet, there's an assumption that this object, let's say, though rather uh, screwed up or limited, if they, if it does enough and experience enough, it can literally transform itself or somehow. Because, you know what I mean? Which is yeah. just, uh, 
everything usually has that as the basis. All right, I'm not that happy with this object. I'm going to do this shit and I'll become a more happier object, let's say. Yeah. And, but this is negating the whole premise, which most people, every other thing, usually that pre-admission you've already bought in. All right, it's Paul and Paul's going to do this and Paul's going to try to get out of Paul. Yes, but this is negating the participant in the game before it enters the game. It's saying there is, you know, no Paul. <laughs> so Paul's not going to arrive at the idea of no Paul. There's no, there's no Paul, period. Yeah, there's no Paul. So Paul isn't going to arrive at no Paul. There's no Paul. <laughs> it's so beautiful because it has the main ingredient of the dreaming is taken out of it. You are right at this very moment what you're looking for. Yeah. Nothing needs to be added. Nothing needs to be subtracted right now. Yeah. Not, not a moment before another moment and after another moment, but now you are what you're looking for. Beautiful to me. Beautiful. It's such a disarming message, really. If it's heard a certain way, it disarms. There's a real exhale and you give up the ghost, so to speak. You just see, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, uh, well, and if you need any verification, it verifies itself. It does, because you're just chilled out on this. To me, it was a very important topic. I wanted to get out of me. Yeah, I wanted to transcend this place. I wanted a lot of things that were wrapped in nobility, but aren't they just desires anyway? Yes. So there was always, uh, you know, yeah. Thank God it came to a crashing halt. Yeah. And now I'm available for this day. Yeah. I'm available for no matter how many Zooms they're going to be. Because <laughs> my availability to the Zoom isn't based on the object you're seeing in the Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's why, because I've come to a lot of Paul Hedeman meetings, probably more than anyone else here. <laughs> Thank God Paul never showed up to any of them. It was great. Yeah. So thanks, Kenneth. Thanks for sharing, man. Uh, you know what? A, other thing that makes me feel uh, as an action figure, it makes me feel there's filling of a purpose any way anyone could play a role in lighting up the scriptures far out i'm all for that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i guess yeah. the so uh, selfing is mostly uh it's based entirely on self-cherishing isn't it well that's what, what keeps us that's what keeps the audience listening yes is the cherishing of this idea yeah yeah uh, the other thing is, uh, which I find it, uh, which I'm not there yet, is like, how are we to see uh, it's all mere appearance? What things are happening is mere appearance. You know, it, uh, I guess if when you have a noun, then it doesn't show uh, the appearance comes up. When you don't have a noun, there's no appearance then. 
It's just living. No, there's you know? an appearance because there's never been a noun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's part of the appearance is the, is the noun. So it's a noun, yeah, that's right. The appearance. The appearance is happening, yes. It's how mm -hmm. it's being translated. Yeah, is through a noun verb. Uh, that's the translation, yes, yes. Okay. But it's just happening. Yeah, so. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Kenneth. Um, and me too, there's uh, there's a warmth from you know, the, the repetition of seeing each other <laughs> for this action figure. Yeah, it was funny. Who would have thunk that Zoom would produce some of the effects that seem to have happened through Zoom? Yeah? Because something always rides everything, overrides everything else. It does, yeah. Mind is before everything. And mind can give meaning to whatever it wants to give meaning and give meaning through whatever it wants to give meaning through. It could be fucking nine squares on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't follow any protocol. <laughs> All right, Mike, anyone else? Uh, Mary did have her hand up and she put it down. So I did see it though, Mary. Well, it's hard to keep that hand up that long. So. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I, because nobody else is, is showing up here. Um, Paul, I wanted to follow up on something that Anu talked about the other day, and that is that loss of energy to, oh, I don't know, our, you know, just have conversations about things. Because like this, the second lesson in the course, you and I give all the meaning there is to everything. I think that's what it is. You and I give all the meaning that there is to everything. So yeah. to me, that's one of those avalanches that you talk about. Like when I, when I hear that or think of that, it's, it just resonates. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So beautiful. But I'm here at my in-laws today and we were sitting having tea this morning and it's, I, I mean, so I guess I, I just wanted to share like how that experience of, um, communing with people or conversing with people is I feel like I'm just going through the motions but I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking we all have different meanings attached to everything we're talking about and it's okay but I mean the alternative is for me to sit there and be silent but that doesn't feel very loving or or yeah doesn't feel doesn't feel right so I well, guess how you how do you know now see that's uh that second that critiquing of the sitting in silence that's yeah that has no authority okay yeah hmm. that's that's the uh thief and the policeman thing yeah yeah this happens you know you may lose interest in conversations it causes me to do a lot of dishes at gatherings yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> I clean up the tables. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I make the slowest cat espressos 30 minutes. 
to make a latte for someone. <laughs> just works better. Well, you know, I really appreciate this kind of real life, you know, that we can ask you about things that that are happening every day and that you just you just answered my question. So I, I really appreciate that because it's really sort of a it's like it's like everything's new. It's yes, yeah. To learn. Look at, you know, can you imagine I'm going to be in Italy, you know, supposedly in September. I'm going to be at four hour dinners. Where they just, uh, <laughs> You're going to be doing a lot of dishes. And they just pass dishes. And and when the dish comes to you, everyone's looking. So, so there's a lot of eating. And you're you're thinking inside yourself, when is this going to stop? And it just doesn't stop. It just goes, they go from there and then they have a shot, some more shots, and then they go to the next meal. <laughs> you, you know, you just show up and see what happens. That's all. Okay, Paul, because you had talked about, you know, showing up where people are or something or meeting them where they are. And I guess I misinterpreted that. Or the... Meeting them where they are, yeah, is, you know, like if I meet, let's say I'm talking to, cocaine addicts and I'm going to meet them where they are. I'm not going to shoot cocaine with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You meet them where they are. What a lot of times what people are saying is not where they are. Yeah. In other words, you see where they way where they are. Uh, over the what's being what's being said. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what happened with me, which was very trippy. Uh, when I got sober, again, everything is seen as it's all about me. And in the past, I wouldn't go to my family, didn't want me to go to family things and shit. And then uh, when I got sober, I started get uh, invitations to go to my sister's kids weddings. She had three girls. So my sister had killed herself. And uh, and so I would go to weddings, not based on it's all about me. I would just go there. And all they saw was their mother in me because I we look fit similar. She was my sister. That was my job. No one asked me really what I was doing. That wasn't the point. Everyone just said, oh, you look just like my mom. There you go. Yeah. Mission complete. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we have this point of view. We don't, it's a point of view that's, uh, in a way habitually being presented that we see it only in one way. And there's so many other advantages that it can be seen from. Yeah. If you're open to it, if you keep calling it your view, basically a lot of seats that are available will never be taken advantage of. You'll just stay in the same fucking seat and die to be right about it. You know, it's just an old view. Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to lose interest and you, I'm not interested in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. That people speak about. So I keep myself busy. They I wander off and then, you know, they, someone asks, where's Paul? And then, Amelia comes in and gets me and I go back out and there you go. Got it. Okay, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Thank you. That's what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. That, that story was a big deal for me too, the mentioning going back to your families and it was okay without you having to put up anything for them to see their uncle or whatever they are, whatever you were to them, right? Because yeah. I, had same, I, had, I, had, I had the same thing, which is just like a social anxiety, right? Thinking that you need to provide the adequate conversation. And for that matter, like AA kind of facilitated that idea that you know, you're supposed to show up at parties and, you know, be the conversationalist. At least that's how I heard it at the time. Um, but yeah, how you, how it's okay to be quiet and be okay with myself being uncomfortable, being quiet for the time that it takes, right? <laughs> to yeah. be the one that has to talk. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I came into recovery, I don't know, some people may be involved in it. You know, I went to my first AA dance and it was my last AA dance. Just like, fuck, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it wasn't a threat to my sobriety. I just don't want to fucking go to an AA dance. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah, this is what happens. Yeah. Oh, and there, there's something funny about the other way too, because uh, on our meeting on Monday, this is a, now it's happened to me a couple of times. And the course sit, phrases it a certain way, which I didn't understand at all at the time, was that you only hear the Holy Spirit from through your brother, through other talking to you or from other. And so Mary was reading one of the paragraphs from A Course in Miracles, and it's one of the basic things that it says about don't see error. And I, always, and I would always get frustrated because it's like saying don't see a pink elephant. But then as she was reading it, I was, I was able to, it was prefacing that, yeah, there's plenty of seeming errors that come from the basic idea that there is an error but that's not an error <laughs> just like there's no there's no no matter how many attempts there are to make errors <laughs> there's no error anyway it was because it was just like listening to her i was able to hear feel it for the first time yeah yeah it was very cool well the funny thing is uh you know whatever sometimes the error that's looking is busily looking at all the errors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pink elephants. <laughs> maybe bring it back to the house, your own house. You know, yeah. See what's happening. I don't know. But hey, anyone else? No, there's no other hands. Oh, I got somebody just sent me a message saying they want to go to the Zoom meetings. Why uh, can't they just come in? No? Yeah, yeah everybody. I don't know how to follow these chats. I get these broadcasts and then they disappear in like a second. It's sort of like you just won a million dollars and then and then there's no way I don't, I can't get them cash. Well, what was it? Text or? A... I don't know what it was. Some guy named Ron wants to know the magic equation of how to get into the Zoom. I just figure you just go to the Zoom, don't you? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Just if you're still there, just go to. Zen Bitslap oh, on, on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Oh, oh. All right, don't worry. Right. Let's go this thing. So anybody else? Yeah, tell them go to the website. I'll I'll, I'll respond on the I'll tell It's them already got no idea how to uh okay. communicate. I just get a little blurb and then it disappears. 
it's on Facebook. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just I just would like to share a few lines from another from another Zen Chen master. His name is Hong Zi. He is 300 years before Wang Po from the same uh, lineage. And one day Hong Zi was crossing a river and he was talking to the boatman and he probably immediately realized that the boatman was, you know, they understood each other. And the boatman told Hong Zi, look, I studied 30 years with my master and I learned only one thing, which is, open quotes, you are concealed in which there are no traces, but don't conceal yourself in the traceless. Close. You are concealed in where there are no traces, but don't try to conceal yourself in the traceless. Can I repeat that? Make sure I have the right word. Was it concealed? Yes. Concealed the, is hidden, hidden. Oh, concealed in the trace. Concealed, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're not that. So you don't have, there's no response. That's why this is a disarming message. It's not a call to arm. See, now yes. if someone said you're concealed, then that one who's concealed would want to try to become unconcealed. But you're not that you're that's concealed. Yeah. Hallelujah. And there's a truth telling and there you have it. Or you can put it the other way around. You are already hidden where there are no traces. So you don't have to hide yourself in the traceless again. Exactly. That it doesn't matter. Yeah, what that you can that see it in one that you can see it in one way where there's no stirring. You see it in another way, and there's a stirring, yeah? Right, right. Yes. That's why it's said. See, if something is brought out, you see it, hopefully. I'm not that. If nothing's brought out, there's no need to see I'm not that. You're that, yeah? Do you know what I mean? It brings something out, or it doesn't. Both ways, there's revelation, yeah? Yeah, but I don't know. I'm seeing it the other way around, seemingly. That I, but you can see it that way. It goes both ways. All right, right. Yeah. Not one or the other. It goes both ways. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not two, of course. It's mind. Mind's... Before it all, it can see the any way. It can look at it can look from the periscope from the front of it or the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's only gonna see itself. That's all. It can look this way or this way. It doesn't matter. That's yeah, the revelation. In a way, the moment that one tries to to hide oneself in where there are no traces is playing God, as you used to say. Yes. Well, in that case, there has to be a huge investment in appearance. Because the only way that can 
quote unquote succeed is through appearances. Yeah. In appearances, you can seemingly be concealed. Yeah. So there's a big investment in taking what's not real to be real, for sure. Yeah. They're all revelatory. There's something that's, when that bell is rung, the feeling of it is in you. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. When that statement, when that bell of that statement is rung, the, the clangor is in you. You feel it. Yeah. This is so alive. Yeah. You know, see the, the head, the body, the programming need, it always feels it needs a preparation. It doesn't see it's in the middle of a jump. It sees it's right there in before their jump. Yeah. We're, we're in the thick of it. We're not observing the thick of it. Yeah. This is dreaming. It's not, I'm in a dream and I have a second to decide or not. No, it's dreaming. Yeah. The immediacy of what you are can never be discovered. That's the gorgeousness of it. So you, you completely disregard any concerns about what you really are. I mean, you disregard yeah, I, the, the nature of the seer. There is no such thing. There I'm is no interested in the nature of the seer because there is no one. <laughs> right. I'm not interested in the nature of the sea, no. It's more than enough to be... To be the seeing, there's, you know, to me, that's uh, the, the best directed interest is in the being of the seeing. Yeah. The being of the seeing. Yes. Right. Yeah. There is a, a subtle movement trying to become a seer. Some... Well, you can never try to become one. The head is stating you already are. See, if you if you could see, see, it's the impossibility of becoming the seer. Yeah, is so beautiful. The this the idea of the seer is stated as you already are one. It doesn't say you're in the act of being a seer. It says you are the seer. You see, it has a pre-assumption or or a pre-finality that leaves very little option, yeah? When you see it before from uh, I'm not that, there's huge possibility there, huge possibility. Yeah. There is a heavy rain here. I suppose you are hearing it, right? I'm always hearing a heavy rain in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I wish it would stop. <laughs> 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 
Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, bro. Thank you. That's uh, the Brazilian Hoang Po. We're going to have to call him. <laughs> I wish and I was. I met him at, at the river when someone was selling water from the river. Hallelujah. <laughs> and all I could ask was, how's business? <laughs> all right. Thank you, Gio. Anyone else? Hey, Matt, Matt, Julie, Julian, are you a new person, Matt? Have we met before? Uh, briefly. Briefly. Yeah. He's the, he's the one that sent. He's the one that sent the last poem about the, the oh, great, great, and great. armor. Oh, thank you. Keep sending them if you like. Oh, cool. Thank you. That was my first ever. That's great. Hey, we're we're all we're open, you know. Yeah. I like the ending of it where, where it goes into the ink and, and goes onward. Oh yes, I read that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. No worries. Yeah. I like I like the Mike. I like the uh, the the lancing and the and the lace quip. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good. Yeah. Well, not welcome, Matt. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Um, and Chris has his hand up from Lexington, Kentucky. Chris. Oh, Chris hey, from Paul. Lexington. Hey, hey Paul. Chris. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Um, I keep hearing reinforced the aspect of the now um, as being what's really important and uh, the only time that there is really. Um, that's been my experience. My sponsor is fond of uh, saying meet them where they are. And it's interesting to hear you say that today in this context, it seems like, um, and, and just as I was called on this kind of changed in the formulation in my, in my, uh, my thinking about it, because, because the thinking's not real, but, uh, you know, it's always now anybody, everybody is always where they are is now. Um, well, in, in the ideal sense, right? Um, I wish that I could stay in the now all the time and... Um, well, congratulations, I, you do. I, <laughs> well, I do and yet my, and, and yet mine pulls me out, out of that or, or I think that yeah. mine pulls me out of that. And it actually doesn't, you're right. I mean, you, you, you say this frequently uh, and, and so to, and being is the thing, right? To be, um, it's as simple as that. And so I can be present with someone where they are in this now by simply being, um, and, and it's the illusion of, uh, mind or thing or other than, or separateness or duality that pulls, uh, that appears to pull me out of that. Um, um, forgot what I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doing the yeah. now. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't have a question really um, or a statement. I just I appreciate being reminded that now is what's important and um, that, that there is no separation. So thank you. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it just still, it doesn't matter anyway, because people are going to do what they're going to do. But if, uh, if you just look at, like level of importance, I would say now <laughs> has an extreme level of importance because it allows everything else sort of to happen. Yeah. So in a sense, uh, well, well, if time, if time doesn't exist now, doesn't even exist. And so that's just a false, that's kind of a concept that I'm fabricating or putting meaning into that really means nothing too, but <laughs> but when you say now doesn't exist, that's true, but there's existing now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. hey, getting very deep today, very deep. Uh, I just want not to forget the idea that there's a mental activity that rushes in on the wings of time very quickly and claims to be the one who's alive and the one who's in the now and the one who's not in the now and the one who understood the Brazilian Po and the one who doesn't understand the American Hawaiian Po, whatever. That to me is the important. Yeah, it's, if you get clear of this, about this mental activity, it weakens its ability to sort of dominate all other activities yes so when you see it as an activity instead of you it's a huge uh possibility of losing interest in it and to get right size instead of you know right now i'm seeing nine squares on the screen yeah and they all have the same size the same sort of uh degree of importance when it comes to size sound you know space and time here yeah. And there's uh, it works. Yeah. Now, the mental state likes to dominate everything. Yeah. And basically, it's sort of its dominance is usually at the expense of all the possibilities. It's not a real win win system. Yeah. So it's more exclusive. It says it's either this or it's that. It can't be both at the same time, which is an easy possibility. It can be, yes? So there can be an appearance and there can be no appearance at the same time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So one of them is a facilitating as the appearance through this idea of time, and then its negation is not of time, yeah? So, but they're happening. So I don't care about all that. What I care about, <laughs> I don't really. What I care about is there's a mental activity that arises seemingly without notice in a lot of cases, and it presupposes its idea, yeah, for us. And now it becomes a manufactured before that every see, everything is seen as after, 
So it's like the noun of all nouns. Yeah. Now, all the other stuff, because of just like you said, the matter of importance, obviously now is it more important than what's happening in my head right now? Because without now, there would be no opportunity for that to happen in my head, yes? So for me, the level of importance of noticing this idea is paramount because as Ramana says, it's the greatest mystery, yeah? In other writings about his teachings, it was framed as the problem. Not one of many problems, the problem. Yeah. Yep. But to me, it lends itself a lot of importance. Here. And that's all I care about is for you and I to be aware of it. Whatever it's going to do or not do, I don't care. But for us to have an awareness of it so that maybe those pair of glasses will allow you to see something you're not seeing now. And when yeah, you start seeing it, they'll won't be any need for glasses either. Those glasses <laughs> right. will only be temporary. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, because it's conscious consciousness of consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, all I that's that's the primary point in the Zen Bitslap realm. Yes. Is because I walked in looking and hearing incredibly beautiful concepts and stuff, but I walked out being the, uh, the hero of those concepts, yes? And I'm not the hero. I'm the hearing of the concepts. I was not the hero of the concept, yeah? And I wasn't hearing about that. And it was, for me, it became necessary because the same obscuring was going on through satsang that it went on when I went to a club, you know? There was a feeling when I left the club, I was there and now I'm leaving. Same thing. I went to satsang and now I'm leaving satsang. Yeah. And so I didn't feel like it was being emphasized enough. And something must have motivated me to be in this position just to put it out there. Yeah. And in, in the sense of in the sense of oneness, Paul, uh, you're the hearer. You're hearing the concept, but not the hearer, but you also are the concept. Right. Well, if you are the concept, then you hear what you hear, no matter what's conceived, you hear the concept of it. <laughs> That's different. You're not getting the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's if still you, illusion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if it's not like if you're a real deal, you are reality. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I no longer want to be in reality or to find reality or see reality. I just want to be reality. Uh, again, you've been successful in the beginning of the, your share and now at the end. You've succeeded twice. You are, you are reality. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey. All right. Thanks, brother. Yeah. I mean, I have... You know, there's faith in certain people I've read and stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a faith I have in Ramana Maharshi, whatever he was. I, I liked when I went to where he lived and I felt went into a cave he sat in for years and it was like a nuclear reactor. So I felt like 
a real living message was there. And when he says, being ourselves reality, I don't think he's mistaking the use of his words. I don't. I think he was stating a fact that was a fact to him. Being ourselves reality makes it an extreme mystery that reality is wanting to attain reality. So that's where I got interested in because what's, what's causing me to think it's a great idea to try to attain reality all the while <laughs> reality? I must, be in, I must be falling for an act of being identified as something else. That's the only way I would, it's sort of like, I must think I'm living in a 30, a 30 room mansion all, all from wall to wall rugs to fucking keep buying vacuum cleaners, yeah? I must think to, there must be something going on that makes vacuum cleaners very enticing and attractive to me. Well, when in fact I have all hardwood floors, yeah. I'm not, I don't care how good the vacuum salesman is, he's not gonna get a sale because I'm very clear, I don't have any rugs, no carpets, yeah. <laughs> this is what happened to me. We used to use the story when I was in Turkey, I was in uh, Istanbul and uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but we were brought in unbeknownst to ourselves to a rug emporium, sort of misled there. And when you entered, they say, hey, what's your name? I go, Paul, and they go, Mr. Paul, do you want an apple juice or Turkish coffee? And they bring you and you sit down and they're very nice. And then this whole rug show starts happening and they spin the rugs and they're throwing them and they're like, I'm, the lights catching all these different fabric colors. It's unbelievable. And if you, you can stay there for three hours and they'll fill up your apple juice or another Turkish coffee. But I had an immunity and they were great salespeople because I didn't have a house. I was traveling around the world. All I had was a backpack. And then I told them, they said, well, we can fold it up and it will fit. I go, I'm not going to walk, travel around <laughs> with an oriental rug in my backpack. It was too absurd. So I didn't care how great the fucking advertising was. I wasn't in need of the product. Yes, this is the message. You'll lose interest in what you're not when you see it's not you. It's just the way it goes. Because you have a lot of interest in shit if you think it's about you. That's how it works. So. Yeah, yeah I just, I just uh, moved uh, to back to Lexington, my hometown from another uh, part of the state and just went through the whole purging process again. And, you know, this attachment to things that is, uh, you know, a frequent uh, a theme in Buddhism and other, you know, the, the kinds of things that we're interested in. Um, it, it really is true. There's self in that attachment and the identification in that. No, no I'm going to jump in there. There's attachment to things. The important right. thing is that you're not the you that's attached to things. There's going to be attachment to things and there's going to be unattachment to things. That's what goes on here. That's not the target. The target is there, mm. is there a you that's attached to things. That's mm. what the attachment you'd like to lose. It's the attachment to the idea that you're attached to things. That attachment... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
one goes at the goes to it's a misleading because now you're going to try to live as if you're unattached. And then you're going to be really sad that you sold that thing at the garage sale that you really yeah. love. And it was one of a kind and you're never going to get another one like it. It was all based yeah. on the same idea. I'm attached. No question. Who is it? Yeah. Who's attached. Well, and then talk, the, talk about the okayness. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the okayness of that a little more, Paul, because this one is vexing, you know, for me for a long time. And, and, you know, like money is a tool, uh, a necessary component of this experience. Um, these things like, I, you know, I'll catch this in terms of a definition of sentimentality that I heard. Uh, sentimentality is a failure of feeling. And I, I would edit that to say a failure of timely feeling because I didn't process, you know, my stuff. Let me jump in here. That's a, a, that's a topic for another Zoom room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> talk about, I don't care about sentimentality or not. Sometimes it's lovely. It matters. All this shit. See, the way when the selfing is in there, it's rigid. It's either this way or that way. I don't see that to me doesn't work. Yeah. Yep. You're attached to the idea that attachments to things take away something. That's an attachment before the attachment. So now yep, you're, yep, yep. you're, you know what I mean? You're cutting mm. one tumor off that's living on another tumor. It's insane. So I just like to use what's going on to see who is it going on to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that all those opinions that come onto what's happening from what we think it's happening to or who's doing it, yeah, maybe can be worn a lot looser. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Giving away attachments doesn't necessarily weaken the attachment to self. It doesn't. Yeah. Now you'll become a more fucking spinker tightened self, you know, <laughs> hating to everyone you see who has any. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, but see, if it's efficient, whoever's here, all that stuff, do what you need to do, but try to wear, if you're going to use it for something, let it be used also to see who is it. Yeah, like Ramana said a beautiful thing about because there's always a lot of questions about self-will and predestination, right? So he sort of answered it in a beautiful way. He says, if as long as there's a sense of individuality, which is believing the selfing, there's going to be a sense of free will. Now, what people want to do is attack the idea of free will as a sense of individuality. So he said, you know what? The only point to all these questions is to see who has the questions. <laughs> yes. So the only point about attachments to things in, in this, where we are right now at this Zoom platform is to see who is it that's attached to things. It's not you. Then you'll have right. a new opinion about attachment to things. You will. Yeah. yeah. And something that seems like it's so tight and the only way it can be loosened is by giving every fucking thing away. You may see it in a different way. 
when it's not you seeing it. Yeah, because the you has a fucking agenda with the attachments of things to get a big, a big surface to reflect itself in. It's selfing all the fucking time. And I'm not saying attach the things or not attach the things. I, I feel it's secondary. Just it more important is the, is the, that sense of being the one who's attached to things has a lot more influence in the, how you're going to travel than the things you believe you're attached to. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. And this happens a lot. I hear people in recovery, they're always talking, you know, and uh, I live in a very rich area and I'd hear some people who are very rich and they say, well, it doesn't mean anything, but I don't see them giving anyone else the money. You know? <laughs> right. they're, oh, it doesn't mean anything. All right. Kick down 30,000. It would mean a lot to me. No, no. You know? Yeah. So it's like uh, this sense of subjectivity that, pontificates about tons of other shit needs to be questioned i feel yeah is it chris or is it paul if it ain't you may not have the ideas you have about attachment to things you may not yeah, yeah. because most of the meaning about the attachment of things aren't coming from the things you're attached to they're not doing fucking shit it's the head yeah <laughs> yeah it's sort of like in aa when they say Alcohol is cunning, baffling, powerful. I don't believe alcohol is cunning, baffling, or powerful. I don't fucking, I don't see any bottles of alcohol running up against me and fucking tackling me. It's alcoholism, which is of the mind. That's why right. it's cunning, powerful, and, and baffling. Yes? It's not alcohol. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a, as you can see, I'm not a believer well, you know, this is just a seed assignment. We want to, we want to, we want to look at the genesis of the forest before we get into all the trees. You know, let's just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, bro. Thanks, Chris. No more hands. And anyone who has a lot of valuable things here and wants to come, you can donate to them to zenbitchslap.com. <laughs> Mike will be there. <laughs> we'll take away all the suffering from it. No problem. Hopefully cars. A Tesla would be nice. Tesla would be nice. Another tab for the website? Uh, an electric. <laughs> yes. Something like yes, <laughs> loose change that you feel attached. <laughs> Send it over. Send bit slap. I had this one time a guy who I love. He was coming into an inheritance, and I was working with him in recovery. I think at, he was getting like a half a million dollars, and because this half a million was coming, his head was going through tons of turmoil. Oh. Is, is it going to distance from my friend? It just went off. And I said, hey, listen, bro, if it's such so heavy, send, you know, send me $70,000. I'll fucking take it off your hands. You know what I mean? I said, don't, can't you just enjoy the fucking fact you're getting $500,000? I mean, Jesus. 
the head is unbelievable, really. It's truly unbelievable. And, uh, and a lot of times it wants to investigate just basically to throw everyone else off the real track. It's like Dracula will give you an in-depth uh, description of a vampire. <laughs> and send you on your way hunting vampires, all the while being the popper of all the vampires, Dracula. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyone else? No. no I just want to share do you feel that there is an activity of time? that seems to be pretty fast, that replaces you with a you. Yeah? And there seems to be a gap of feeling like I'm alive or having to do something to feel like I'm alive. Yeah? And to see that that gap of having to do something to feel is connected with that activity of selfie that took only a second or two to make up a false establishment. Yeah. That's, the, that's, uh, that's like the invitation before the invitation. Is there something going on that I'm not extremely clear about, but it seems like there's something going on while I'm going on. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's open for me to have that much knowledge of it. And it actually is aggressively keeping any knowledge about it from me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here you're at the right place then. Because that activity, we try to give it a name, selfing, and we try to paint a picture so that you can recognize the thief in your own house. Yeah. Instead of being so afraid of the thief's that you think of coming in, recognize the one that's already in. And when you run into him in the house, you call it me just to recognize it. Why not? Yeah. And I think it's so important. I don't want to speak much about anything else. Yeah. Because I feel like if this isn't noticed, uh, it's just a piling on after that, really. And, uh, so for those who have eyes to see or want to see, let's see what, what we can see, which is not of us. Yeah. Let's understand what we can understand, which is not of us. What, let's give a vague, very relaxed form of studying what can be studied, which is not of us. Yeah. So that maybe there can be a recognition, just that, that it's not us. And the inordinate amount of interest and attention it seems to garner by its fucking display will be severely diminished. Yeah? And the interest and attention you'll find is enriching your own life. Yeah. And then you'll get a sense of how enslaved it seemed to have been. There was no one enslaved. That's the idea of the fucking center of the whole trip. But there was an enslavement, a limiting of possibility. Yeah. If you're on to one of those parts of the statement, you're here. Yeah. This is what this Zoom is really about, is to see what we can see and to realize what we can't realize. 
And we can't realize what's always realized, us, yeah? We can realize what we're not as us, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we have meetings afterwards and if people have situations, I'm more than happy to be available for limited time only for calls and, uh, you know, just try to undo the imaginary knots if they come up. But we'll just keep pounding away, yes, at this idea because I really, you know, how it was revealed to me is there's no point going anywhere else without seeing this. I mean, really, it's a game stopper <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Because it doesn't have any forbidden territory. It will claim the spiritual seeking just as it will claim the attachment to things. It will do, it will claim, it will claim everything. Yes. Everything is brought into contact. And it will, it, it will, you know, to me, it's sitting back and laughing. You can't believe what it's getting away with because it fucking claims a lot of whoppers that's super clear that has nothing to do with it. And it still runs it in one's head. Yeah. So, yep. I'm so happy that I have this opportunity to hang out with everyone. And uh, yeah. Hopefully that's the end of the questions. No, you're actually, Brian, that was trying to get in from Facebook is here. All right, well, bring Brian in. Hey, thanks, Paul. Can you hear me okay? Yes. So when, um, when the sense of self is really loud, when the thinking is really loud, it is, is there anything to do other than to notice it? Oh, yeah, distract it. Do something. Service is a very nice, uh, it will pull the attention and interest off of that load of shit. Yeah. So just, just do something else. What? Yeah, do something else. Distract yourself. Not, it's not yourself, but distract, yes. Got it. Yeah, so there's, not some, there's not some sort of like fire and you feel like it's not going to help chanting there is no fire and there's no one to burn. It'd be yeah, yeah. much just to get a pail of water. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really what's so spiritual seeking is thinking that some insight or something is supposed to happen that makes the thinking change or makes the sense of self quieter or something like none of that needs to happen. Uh, I don't know if that's what it is. I think everyone has different flavors around it, but uh, I think the idea of spiritual seeking is misnamed really and everything else. So, yeah. So I think basically what we're trying to feel better as is as an action figure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you felt, if you felt instead of feeling irritable, restless and discontent, if the action figure had a basis of satisfaction and contentment, I bet you its noble drive for spirituality would stop dramatically. Right. Well, so the, the reason for the question is sometimes it's really clear that the thinking is just thinking. And sometimes it seems like a me who's got a problem. And 
and it seems like what happens because it seems to go back and forth, it creates the sense that it's better one way than the other. Yes, of course. Yeah. And yes, the one way and the other is from the, the both ways is the, is the problem. Yes. Yeah. It's like a seesaw. So you think when you're on the bottom, you think the seesaw that will be better, but then you go up there and it drops you down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's, you can't seem to take yourself out of the equation. That's um, just sort of like the hamster wheel. I wish I could get out of the hamster wheel. Well, see, you're not the hamster and the hamster wheel won't mean as much to you. Yeah. <laughs> really, that this is a, uh, the duress that's being caused isn't leading to a clear answer in most cases, yeah? The duress that's being caused triggers uh, answers that you're wanting to arrive there reinforces the irritation, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The dilemma that non-duality brings up. And if it fits, you wear it. If you feel, realize you're wanting uh, peace, is uh producing agitation then there you go yeah <laughs> there's something off there yeah yeah that's helpful thank you yeah you're welcome bro thank you thanks brain there's an old statement in faith mind uh a zen thesis it's been translated a lot of times this one was richard clark i think and he says, uh, you can't use, he didn't say that, the old Zen dude said, hey, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. Yeah. See, this is the conundrum or yeah. the Chinese culture. Yes. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> we feel like we, if we only could arrive somewhere, ever, everything could be, would be better. But it's that thing that thinks it's one way. One, one place and thinking it's going to be another place, if it, yeah, is the place we get out of. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's not Oklahoma. It's the one in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's just clarity after a while. You try things and a lot of things will seemingly fail, but that's their value because mm -hmm. something becomes more clear. You realize, you start questioning the seeking, not how you're seeking, but the seeking, yeah? yeah. And then, and then uh, more and more gets revealed. Yeah, you start recognizing it, and then uh, the message of non-duality will probably be the last spiritual shoes you'll put on, yeah. Yeah. Thanks That's again. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your budget for new shoes will be <laughs> things. Pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. But if everyone, if you're really feeling screwed up, trying to apply a philosophy is just gonna reinforce it. So just do something that distracts you. Like my friend got in touch with me. Uh, he's, he lives half the year in Indonesia. 
So he went back there with his family and he tested positive. And before he got on a plane, he tested negative. And so now he has to spend 14 days in a hotel. His kid and his wife have to only spend the five days. So he was like sort of bummed out. So I said, just watch Blood. I said, you have Netflix? And he said, yeah. I said, watch this movie, show Bloodline. It's a great show. You'll get absorbed in it. It's a couple of seasons or so waste a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was the perfect appropriate advice I felt at the moment. Because he was entering justified resentment territory. What the fuck? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yet he's going to be there because he realized one thing, he's powerless. He can't leave the hotel for 14 days. The Indonesian government isn't going to let him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Someone who doesn't need any tools can use plenty of them. He can choose out of many. One, one who's addicted to tools is going to die by them, so to speak. But mm -hmm. one whose tools can pick the right one easily. <laughs> he does it. There's no investment in it. Yes. So I don't yeah. see you don't use everything that you have to bang doesn't need to be banged in by a hammer. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. Yeah. If that you're stuck sense. on one that one way is actually a bigger problem than the you than the problems yeah. you use uh, it to deal with. Yes, don't you? So say? even the, even yeah. So even something that in the past made a light bulb doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And you may keep doing it, and it doesn't mean you have to keep doing. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is like a you know. Verbing, you know, one moment in verbing, something works. Another moment in verbing, it doesn't work. Yeah. That's yeah. why I really, there's no real rote answers. You can't say this all the time because there's mind, let's call it big M mind, that's before everything. It's mind that's dreaming. It can dream, the dreaming can be any way it fucking wants. Yeah, you can wake up by reading a telephone book. You can wake up by realizing you've always been awake. You can wake up, but it doesn't, you know, there's no, oh, this is the way. No, uh, I don't see it. That, I don't see it like that. Yeah, so yeah. that same person who's in the house and it's burning, you could say, hey, there's no house and there's no fire and they get it couple of days later they need to hear about a pill <laughs> because they're not yeah. able to get it yeah 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 so it's a living event that's why people ask me well what would you say paul to a person i said i don't know i'd have to be in front of the person and then i'll know what i'm, I'm gonna say by saying it yeah yeah no freaking road answer for anything in a sense yeah you see, see, if you're somewhat empty, I don't like to use that word, but if you're not holding on to old ideas, you can be held on to by a lot of ideas. Yeah. 
Yeah. That may be appropriate for the moment. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome, man. I think that's it, eh? Yeah, glad you made it, Brian. Oh, and uh, Walter says you can have his debt. Oh, his debt. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Walter. It's the intention that counts. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thank you for today. You're coming over tomorrow. Z, yes? I'm going to call you up soon. Go in the water, eh? Yeah. Nice to see you, the one with Z. <laughs> Glenda, always a pleasure, Glenda. Nice to see you. Glenda O'Driscoll. I would never know she's from Ireland. No, it would be very difficult. My mother's name was Mary Margaret McCarthy. Wow. Yeah, that's a giveaway, eh? For sure. Yeah, a little bit. As soon as you hear Mary Margaret, it's pretty much over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Matt. Nice to see you, Matt. Tommy, as always, nice not to see you. I see his color blind. I don't know. It looks like a rusty brown screen. Yeah. Uh, Terry from Maine. Always nice. Nice to see you, Terry. Yeah. Thanks for coming up and holding the space here with all of us. Yeah. Kenneth, very nice share. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Gio, my little Brazilian Hawaiian po. There he is. All right, Gio. Just get it. Yes. Right. <laughs> we got Tariq from Boulder. Oh, no, from Dover. I thought he moved to Boulder. No, not yet, Tariq. Soon, though. We got Sylvester. Sylvester, thanks for the support, man. Sylvester is the man before this, in front of the curtain, not behind the curtain. Yeah. We got Robert French, my Kiwi friend. Always a pleasure, Thank Robert. Thanks. We got Chris, the man, the man who sits in front of small closets. I like that. Stefan on having never left. A new. Yes. We got Arthur. No, yes, Arthur. Nice to see you, Arthur. We got uh, Christian. Christian came back and visited us. Nice to see you there, bro. Yeah. yeah. We're like a little pit stop on the road of life. Yeah, just pull in, get gassed up, clean the windshield, get back on the road. Connor. Connor from Dublin. Yes. All right, nice to see you. Roman, my German friend. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we Ruby Rose from Wichita. Nice to see you, Ruby. Yep. Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Johannes, my friend from Germany. Yes, yes. We got uh, Elaine with uh, a secondary character. Nice to see both of you. <laughs> we got Norman. Norman, what happened to you? Did you dye your hair? It looks a little black. Oh, it looked black from the thing. The cult, the lighting. Oh. I, never want Norman. I never want Norman. 
but I cut it. Oh, you cut it. Oh, oh you cut it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like when it gets the reverb. I like when it gets the reverb. I like when it gets the reverb. Ah, I see. <laughs> Hello. Sarah. Sarah. Reese. Reese. Hate you. <laughs> they cut that one off. Rich A. Nice to see you, Rich. Yes. Fantastic. We got John K. As always. Joseph went back inside. Nice to see you, Joseph. Yeah. Walter carries a lot of debt. He tried to dump it on Zen Bitch Slap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got Keith from Boise. Nice to see you, Keith. Brahmi, Brahmi in Maryland. Wow. There's, there aren't going to be like millions of people half naked going swimming in the rivers in Maryland. I don't think so. <laughs> I lost uh, Brahmi. Uh, that's too bad. We have Macaulay. We got Oliver from Berlin. We got Roar. It's a beautiful name. We got Verena from Germany. Deborah M. Norman cut his hair. Yes. He does it every, once a year for the summer. Hey. We got numbers. I don't know who they are. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, Thanks, I hope Paul. it was as Thanks, good for you as Thanks, Paul. This is Gary from the corner, one of those numbers. Oh, yes. I haven't seen you, Gary. Thank you for all the support, as always. You're very welcome. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Gary. Hey. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you soon, Z, and uh, see you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Mike, are you in the room? open yeah oh uh, so mike will be in there uh so talk amongst yourselves yeah i'll see you uh...